Welcome to The Art Show by Teapot Cast with your host, Milo H.G. Waters. This podcast contains mature content. To find out more about this week's artist, check the description below. But now, sit back, pop the kettle on, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome, one and all. It is my pleasure to introduce Tim Frost of TC Creative Art, videographer, photographer, and all-round creative artist. It is a pleasure to have you, Tim. What is in your teapot? Thank you, Milo. Uh, today, I've got a mocha coffee. So. Oh, very nice. Yes. A little bit of sweetness to your morning coffee, eh? Yeah, yeah my favourite, yeah. <laughs> very nice so um day, yes. yeah so i became aware of you um just seeing your work pop up on on facebook for sale um and it was these these beautiful um abstract paintings and uh yeah i was uh really hoping you could tell us a little bit about your um you know about yourself um you know the the studio that you're based in if you want to give yourself a little introduction and then uh yeah just please tell me all about these paintings and how you create them and why. Right, okay. Well, uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm in Buxton. I'm working in Buxton, uh, obviously closed because of, you know, current uh, issues with mm. lockdown. But uh, I set up here almost two years ago. Um, it's taken a lot of hard work to get it to where it is. Um, I've got, uh, I'm, a, I'm actually a professional videographer and photographer specializing in wedding video um and also I've done corporate uh, i've done um i've done pop music as well in my time because i've done wow. it for about nine years and mm. in a professional capacity i've had little snippets put on uh, to bbc news uh, for one project that i was working with with another company um oh, very cool photography uh i've done photography since i could hold a camera um i knew which uh, which way to point the lens so um yeah i've done it for a long long time um the um studio that i've got now is in buxton in hardwick street and um i've sort of diversified a little bit because of current um, situation was lockdown of course I haven't been able to do any video work or any photography uh, for a long time which of course you know all that sort of side of mm. the business has gone down um, so in order to pay or help to pay the rent um, I've diversified to going back to doing artwork and my particular style of art at the moment is um, fluid art which is called acrylic pouring um, right. and uh, that's that's what I'm doing at the moment I've, I've also done oh. uh, work on glassware as well because I, I have um, another side of the business which I can print onto uh, t-shirts and caps mm. and bags and I can also uh, do sublimation printing onto things like obviously um, fabric and also ceramics so I've, I do mugs as well um, and recently I've been working on uh, transferring some of my um, paintings onto very colourful mugs um, 
you know, which was oh, quite lovely. effective. Uh, so I, I do quite a lot. I've got fingers in pie everywhere. And um, also, uh, I've been doing coasters. I did a, quite a, a few sets of coasters for the Christmas market, hoping that I might sell those. But because of, you know, people's confidence, um, I, went to, yeah. I went to do a, 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 a craft fair uh, just before Christmas in Bakewell. And mm. um, unfortunately, we had a very low footfall, so I'm afraid I didn't do a lot of business, uh, as a lot of people there didn't either. So, um, yeah. unfortunately, like I say, it's it's because of, you know the COVID restrictions we've got nowadays. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough time for us, really. But it I, is, I, it definitely. Is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love to do my art. Um, and that's what's kept me sane, I think, for the last few months. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I think, it, I think it is really tricky for, um, for uh, you know, visual artists of, of all types, especially, you know, painters and, uh, and people like that to, to, to actually, you know, make a consistent living off it. Um, do you find that, um, I realise you've kind of diversified into the, this area, a bit more recently, but do you find that um, you know the printing on on t-shirts and mugs, coasters, things like that is a is actually a good way to sort of keep that income, um, keep that income coming, basically, um, but still be practicing your art. Um, well, the t-shirt side, uh, the printing side, is a hit and miss, and has been for a few years um, because, unfortunately. Like every aspect of, of the market, of the retail market, it's been influenced very heavily by cheap imports from, dare I say, China. Uh, ah, of so course, yeah. People are, are, are more willing to pay a fiver for a T-shirt that's printed and it lasts them, you know, a couple of months or three months before it actually falls to pieces in the wash rather mm. than buy a, a quality piece which is custom made custom printed with exactly what you want on um mm. you know for, i mean i charge about 16 17 pounds depending on what it is for a quality you know a quality t-shirt and and vinyl yeah. that will actually outlast the t-shirt itself um mm-hmm. so obviously it's um it's it's that that's fallen as well a little bit but there again you know like i say the problems with covid that we've got uh, haven't helped business any business any small business anyway Um, no of course not so yeah yeah so you mentioned uh you mentioned earlier um that your your style at the moment uh is fluid art um if i heard that right um could you just tell us a little yeah, t- tell us a little bit about that, about about this style, because it's a it's a new term to me. Yeah, it's it's um, it's either known as fluid art or um, paint pouring. Basically, um, you can okay. use various um, uh, paints or um, uh, you know um, types of paint, as as in you can use poster paint, which is um, water based. Um, mm. But I use acrylic uh, water-based paints. You don't get the same um, consistency. You don't get uh, the same um, 
deep uh, qual uh, colors with with the, you know I mean the body the body of the paints on poster paint is a little bit thinner therefore um, you know you, you don't actually get the same coverage uh, the pigments aren't as deep um, acrylic is a lot better to use um, and of course it's more permanent as well I mean once mm. once it's uh, once it's dry it's um, you know it, it resists water so obviously you know it can't get damaged by moisture or anything like that so um, and, and acrylic pouring is um, uh, a much better medium than acrylic is for for doing my particular type of uh, of, of work. Yeah. So um, yeah. So well, just take just take me through the process of uh, you you go from a a blank canvas i'm i'm assuming it's a canvas what whatever yes. you choose to paint yeah. on you yeah. go from that to uh you know the pieces that um you know that i've seen uh seen you displaying mm -hmm. um how yeah ju just talk me through that process if you can well uh, quite basically you, you obviously select you you've you've got in your mind what kind because there's there's a lot of different techniques um for, for uh, acrylic pouring um, mm. you know the styles as well that you've got and you can use a whole host of, of uh, implements to help you create the finished picture um, what I would do is is have a, a, an idea what I want to do type of technique I want to do uh, and then select uh, an appropriate size canvas because obviously there's an array of different canvases um, mm. whether I want to use uh, a box canvas which which is like um, a, a deep has a deep frame on it or a thinner one I tend to use more thinner ones but um, the yeah. deep box ones for, for bigger pieces um, and then um, I begin obviously mixing all the colors that I want um, very rarely use colors straight out of the pack because um, the mm. packs I use are they like um, uh, I'm trying to think like a, a, a pack um, that you would get um, like, a, I don't know, they're not tubes anyway. They're like a foil pack, if you like. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so that with a top on, screw top. So obviously you, you screw the top back on when you take out the, the amount of paint that you oh, need to use. right okay yeah well yeah i suppose that makes sense if you if you're using them for pouring you're not trying to just like you know squeeze a little dab out of a tube onto that's, a palette you're actually right, yes. you know yeah yeah they're in, they're in like a sachet you know like the the children's drink these children's have children have these um uh, oh yeah like uh like capri suns and yeah, stuff like that right. the little it's that yeah. material yeah they're very oh, very right, tough. Cool. so if you if you sort of accidentally have one on the floor and you put your foot on it it won't burst it's they're very tough right. but uh, that's just oh. the way that the manufacturer you know um uh, uh put put them whatever they put them in um but yeah. i basically um pour out what i think i mean I, I i don't particularly if you watch people on youtube doing this particular technique um a mm. lot of them will go into great floods of information on Oh, you use um, this amount of milliliters or um, ounces of, of paint to um, 
this amount of water, this amount of pouring medium, because you do have to mix the paints with um, other things to give them the consistency and the flow, because obviously the paint has to flow, otherwise you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't create you know, the picture. Uh, but I don't really go into that. Whether that's because I've painted all my life and you get, a, you know, you get a, a feel for this sort of thing. Yeah. I've got an eye for, for it. And I know uh, by just stirring it and, you know, sort of taking it, because I use like big thick lolly sticks they are to, to stir mm. with. Um, and I, I take the, you know, sort of take out the, the stick and, and see how it runs off the stick back into the cup that I'm, I'm mixing it with. Um, and that gives me the idea. But yeah. Well, it's like cooking, isn't it? Like, you know, so some people yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. know exactly their, their yeah. you know, yeah. to the milligram of what spices exactly. they want to mix and yeah. things like that. And then yeah. some people, That's, you know, just from, from instinct, from years of practice, just yeah. kind of know... It, the balances, it is like yeah. That. So I yeah, mean, that's cool. So, I, I so you've mixed it. Sorry, I was going to say. I suppose so, to to help people that probably start out, you know, first starting out with this sort of thing, that aren't experienced, then it it is a, a good idea to know what sort of um, quantities you need for for different things. Uh, mm. But uh, basically, it's it, you you put so much paint in. Uh, into your cup and then um, you use pouring medium which is a specially prepared solution um, usually made of, of um, an acrylic or it may, may be a water-based um, and it's a little bit like uh, it looks a little bit like uh, PVA glue and, and in fact um, there is a degree of PVA uh, content in in the pouring medium. Uh, I tend not to use a lot of pouring medium because it's expensive and um, you can get very good results by using uh, pouring medium plus PVA and water. And oh, okay. You get you know you tend to get the the, the right um, sort of consistency from that. Um, mm. The trick is not to um, mix it too much that um, you lose the uh, binders that are in the acrylic paints because obviously the, the paint um, consists of binders as well as the pigments and everything and you can actually upset the molecular or whatever it's called the molecular you know the the, 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 the molecular that, yeah the molecular that's the one the molecular hey. uh, <laughs> yeah um, makeup of the paint because then, right. for one thing, it could crack when it's dry. Uh, the other thing is, it, oh. it could not. It could even have a problem with drying because you know it's too, it's too wet. But the thing is, you would you would know that anyway. If it's too wet, um, mm. then it would. You'll, you'll do, see it in the consistency, won't you? And it wouldn't. It wouldn't actually perform the way that you want it to on the canvas. Mm. You know, it would. You wouldn't get. The right technique it just wouldn't work so um so you, you just have to keep an eye on that um but it is it, a lot of it is sort of experience so yeah but then once once you've got that done you've got all the paints i mean the paints it depends on how many colors you want in in your particular uh, piece um mm. 
I mean, I've, I've been known to mix as many as 14 colours, um, which can take probably up to about two hours to do, you know, because obviously you can yeah. get them all at the right consistency so that they all pour the same. Because if you get one colour that's too thin or too thick, then it won't pour the same. It won't it won't go onto the canvas the same. So you'll get, ah, you'll get it either clogged up or you'll, it'll be too runny for the, for the others. Yeah. And sometimes then as well, if it's too thin, then what it tends to do is it sinks. So it'll sink under another colour. Um, and if it's too thick, then it basically sits on top and and overpowers the other colours. So you might you might right, see seven colours. Yeah. You only actually see three or four because the other colours have been you know been overtaken by that. So right, okay. Is that is that a technique you would ever like you would ever want to achieve? You'd want to do that deliberately, have colours sort of overlapping or things like that, or or is it something you just always want it to be even an even consistency? Sometimes, particularly with metallic paints, um, because mm. metallic paints are a different consistency to start with. Um, ah. You may need them thinner, a little bit thinner than like the solid colours. Um, because with your metallics, a lot, a lot of the fluid paintings, a lot of what the artist is actually trying to achieve with a lot of fluid paint or a lot of poor paints uh, artwork mm -hmm. is um, that we get what we call lacing or bubbles or, or cells, cell formation. Um, cell formation can actually occur with the paint as it, as it is. But what we do is we put we can put accelerators in which accelerate the cell formation, and that's usually um, some some form of silicon, um, like a, a silicon oil, um, or um, you know uh, right. it's uh, um, dimethicone. It is. It's got to have that dimethicone in. So it could be something like um, it could even be like a coconut oil. You know, like you air, oh, air okay. serums that you use. Those are yeah, oil, yeah. oil based. They've got um, dimethicone in, and they can be used within your paints to create the cells that uh, that you want. You know, so it's, it's right. All, Very cool. So that. I mean, I've I've seen with the with some of your pieces, um, it you know they 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 are very much kind of uh, just you know lots of different colors, sort of you know rolling together sort of thing uh some of them i do see some uh, some shapes and things coming out like there was there was one i saw that was um like a, a duo of um a pair of feathers yeah um and other things and like i mean I, I suppose what like what's what's really drawn me to your work is um like i've you know i've i've wandered around art museums uh art galleries even um as i'm sure a lot of people have and uh you know got to the got to the contemporary section and found like, you know, four random objects haphazardly nailed together and then somebody's chucked a bucket of paint on them and yeah. is sat in a gallery. And I just sort yeah. of look at it and go, what on earth is this? So it's it's yeah. kind of, it's nothing to me. But but when I look at your work, even even though it's, it's well, not even though, I mean, uh, like for me, a good abstract, it kind of, it connects with you on a, a kind of a deeper, more like emotional, yeah. Um, yeah. 
uh, yeah. intuitive level, I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not something that you sort of stand and look at for 30 minutes trying to figure out meanings and metaphors and all this sort of thing. Like, you know, there's there's certainly place for that. But um, yeah. for me, a good abstract, it just, it goes straight for your gut. It, it cuts through the... Um, you know any kind of intellectualizing and yeah. what i what i really like about your work is it is very abstract but just the i mean aside from the colors are beautiful and and i've only seen them through a screen so i i can only imagine in person um how how they they appear you have a really really great eye for for tone and shade but also the the kind of i don't know there's just something about the 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 compositions and the shapes that the you come up with they they just seem to have this i don't know this this depth to them this this sort of like vague hint of of forms and things without without giving too much away that i just find so so intriguing um I'm sorry i'm kind of rambling a bit here yeah, but i guess i guess what i'm asking is how you know we, we have having gone through the the techniques of, of how you create your paints and how you actually transfer that onto the canvas yeah what like what kind of guides you is it is it just totally kind of random and intuition or do you do you have sort of the image in your mind before you start does it evolve as you go it it does evolve as you go to be quite honest mm. But you, again, it, it depends on the technique because without, I, I couldn't really start to illustrate through words how, you know, what, what techniques there are because mm. there are, you know, it's, it's, um, it's very, very difficult. I mean, um, same as the feathers, you've, you've mentioned the feathers. Those yeah. uh, again are that to start with. Um, I would use um, um, obviously the paints uh, as a thick consistency. Um, they wouldn't be diluted as much as something like um, what we call a, a, a dirty pour, if you like, which means you're just okay. basically pouring um, um, colours on top of each other, and then you 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 tip your canvas and and it moves in a different way. That's just a, a basic pour, which which mm. most people start off doing. Um, the uh, feathers are actually quite quite hard to do and and get to be uh, where I'm happy with them. Um, I've I've scraped many of the of, um, feathers off the canvas, having poured them and looked at them and you have to wait for this sort of art to develop a little bit it's no it never dries the way that it first goes the paint first goes on the canvas and yeah. so you you have to when you're doing anything you're starting anything then you have to allow for that a little bit to to a degree but with the feather the feather is what they call a traveling kiss paw where you basically um you you mix your colors you decide what colors you want in your feather and you you i normally do the feathers on a back a black background because obviously the, the colors really pop mm. uh, when they, when they're finished when and when it's dry and everything and it's varnished and um what you do is you put the the black on the background i i use mine quite thick and and then you you have a, a cup with 
the black paint in exactly the same mix uh, and then mm. you have um, a, a, another cup which you layer the, you, you basically pour the colors on top of each other um, you, you tip the, the, the cup uh, tilt it to one side and you pour your colors out of your colored cups you know all your colors that are mixed you pour down the side of the cup so that it sort of like just sits on. You know, like when you're doing, um, when you're making, if you've ever made an Irish coffee and you pour yeah. cream on the top of your coffee and you do it on yeah. the back of the spoon so that it doesn't all sink into the bottom of the coffee. It's the same principle because you want all the layers oh. to, to sit on top of each other. And then um, you, you pour it and then what you do is you have the black in one hand, the cup with the black in one hand, and the cup with all the coloured layers in the other, you put them almost the, the rims of the, of the cups together and you start to tilt very, very carefully. And the idea is that the colours, the black and the other colours, what they do is they kiss each other as they pour out of the cup. At the same time, you're trying to keep the flow going, but then you're also... Um, traveling with with your hands up the canvas to where you want the colors to really land on the canvas so that um, the, all the colors intermingle with the black so you get that proper like a feather um, mm. finish it, it is quite a skill actually and I've like I say I've it had many, sounds it you know I've had many 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 of uh, um, disappointed um results that are just basically the beauty of it is that it's 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 only paint i, I always think mm. it's only paint don't worry about it scrape it off dry your canvas off start again you know and and yeah it's like everything you know the more you do the better you get at it sometimes uh you know i mean i'm not professing to be any professional or master of it but, you know, you, everybody makes a bit of a bloop every so often. And, yeah, of course. You, know, you just start again, basically. Yeah. So. I think that, I think that's the key to so much um, art and, and, you know, creative practices, training so much is, uh, you know, not getting frustrated, just allowing yourself to make mistakes, learn from it, oh, yeah. and go at it again. Yeah, like. yeah you've definitely yeah. got to, because... Um, if you don't, then it it stops being a pleasure, and it, mm. it becomes um, a stress, and and you don't need that. It shouldn't be that. It, art is yeah. isn't a, shouldn't be a stressful thing. Um, you know, it's it's something. I mean, I started back. Um, well, I only had a couple of days off at Christmas, and I started back on the twenty seventh. And mm. from then till now, I've actually produced thirty-nine canvases. Um, wow! Because God, so I, no, well, that that's in the space of of about a month, then, isn't it? That's month, yeah. Because yeah. you know, there's there's so much sort of in me, so much creativity mm. in me that I I just want to get back and do it. I mean, I have I haven't done any now since uh, well, I say now. Like I said, it was uh, middle of last week when when I actually finished because I've got to allow 
most of them, all, well, all of them to dry, um, which, I mean, if, if it's a particularly big piece uh, or and, and it's been quite, quite a wet um, consistency with the paint, then it can take up to two weeks for a painting to dry completely uh, before it's ready for, you know, for finishing and varnishing. So, mm. and if you've, if you've used um, a lot of oil, um, in most of your paints, um, I say a lot. I mean, you usually mm. use up to about four. It can be four drops of of oil um, in, in your paints, depending on uh, how much paint you've got in your cup. Of course, um, yeah. when the painting is dry, before you can do anything with it, as as in varnishes, or sometimes um, put resin on, then the, the picture has got to be scrubbed it's got to be literally cleaned um, so mm. because all the oil um, just rises to the surface and obviously varnish won't um, take on oil and certainly mm. resin won't you know if you put resin on a canvas which um, I do with some some particular pieces of art uh, because resin really, really makes it look fantastic because it, it gives it a clear, like glass finish. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Whereas var varnish oh, is nice. Cool. I like varnish, um, but yeah. resin, resin really, you know, on a, on a perhaps on a, a favourite piece that you've really um, take the shine to, um, yeah, and you know that that really does finish it off. But obviously, that's a, uh, another process in itself. Mm. And that can be tricky because okay. I've had many nice canvases, nice pieces um, that have decided to put resin on and have probably not had the canvas level enough or hmm. um, I've not cleaned the um, residue oil off enough and it's not taken um, or it, the resin's gone to one side because it is self-leveling resin is once you, you know, once you put it on. Uh, so you can have disasters with that as well. So, uh, and when like if if that happens, is like is is that it, the paint underneath is is kind of ruined, or can you take the resin off and and have another go at finishing it? The only thing you can do with it is try and rescue it by, um, especially if I've, I've had I've had paintings where I've left um, residue on. I mean, even oil from your fingers, if you think you've cleaned the canvas mm. thoroughly, uh, oil off your fingers, natural oil off your fingers, can actually cause the resin to um, sort of move away from that particular spot. So when it's dry, you've got little sort of little little patches where the resin hasn't taken. With that, what and you can do And there'll be fingerprints. You, pardon? And and there'll be fingerprints, will they? The the well, spots where it hasn't dried no, because no, it won't necessarily show up as fingerprints. It'll just it, what happens is the resin just sort of moves away from it because it's an because it's a, oh, okay. a greasy right. oil patch really. Mm. So it, it won't it won't adhere to it. So what all you can do with right. that really is is um, put resin back on it when once it's dry. Um, you mm. have to sand it down so that you 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 give it. Um, like a key, uh, the resin to, to adhere to again, uh, which is quite yeah. a process. And then um, put the resin back on, you know, another layer of resin on. 
and hope that you've cleaned the patch that you'd left <laughs> before Oof. so that it, you know, it, it, it sticks to it, basically. So yeah. it's, you know, wow. you've got to be very <laughs> careful with it. It's not yeah. as easy well, as you think. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be yeah, man, I mean, quite an expensive process as well. Yeah, I can imagine all the yeah all the different uh, chemicals and solutions and stuff going into that. Yeah, it, it can't be cheap. And God, yeah. you have you know you you have the patience of a saint. I I certainly couldn't <laughs> couldn't handle that. Um, but yeah, um, you mentioned that you've um, you've worked in quite a few other mediums. Um, I think you said something about glass blowing earlier on. Um, no, like, yeah, glass. could you? Could... No, not glass blowing. No. No, no, I buy the glass in um, with with having do uh, having done the, um, the the vinyl cutting for things like mm. um, you know clothing and bags and, oh, yeah, and things. Yeah. I've taken it sort of uh, to another branch and used um, self adhesive vinyl, which again mm. is. Either you buy it either on a roll or in sheets. Um, it's not just mm. ordinary sticky back plastic. It's got to be a good vinyl because obviously it's got it's you know it's got to go onto glass where you know it's going to be used yeah. and then washed and all the rest of it. So what I've done is um, I've created things like wine glasses, gin glasses, vases, oh. um, candle burners, uh, bottles, jars, uh, anything. You know, that's got a nice surface on. Um, all new. I've, I've, I only use new glass, uh, and you cut it into the vinyl. Um, I mean, you can. Do, I've done it where I've done uh, gin glasses for Christmas presents. I've done them for birthdays, anniversaries. You know, birthdays, everything, uh, and uh, basically, you cut it out. Um, you put it on to the glass which has to be completely clean and you know uh, free from grease and dirt and grime and everything uh, and then you put it on and it can it, you use you have to use um, um, a transfer paper once uh, you your vinyl is cut I mean the, the vinyl once it's cut is actually just it, until you start what they call weeding and that is mm. taking away the vinyl that you you don't need that, that leaves the uh, image or whatever, the, the wording, the lettering, whatever that you do need. Sometimes that's so very fine, you can't just take that off the backing paper. You have to put it on, you have to put a transfer sheet on over the top, which is like a bit like it can be, it can be bought in like, um, uh, it looks like... Uh, um, uh, what's it tape? Um, you know, like decorators tape. Um, oh yeah, like like tape. masking tape. But then you can buy you buy it in different size rolls, different widths, um, and you, and I, that's mm. what I use. And it's like a transparent plastic sheet, which is um, uh, got a, a, a low tack adhesive on one side, and you you cut that to the size of your of your of your image, and then you have to put it over the image. Uh, stick it side down so it's basically sticking onto the good side of your, of your vinyl and then you have to um, uh, rub it down so that it sticks to the contact paper and then you pull it off the backing paper you then transfer it onto the glass 
and then you have to make sure that all the uh, image or the, the wording is mm. put onto the glass um, with no bubbles underneath and all the edges are down and everything like that. And then once mm. that's done, you can then seal it with, I use, an, I use acrylic pens, which are like clear um, lacquer, uh, and you, you have to go over and round every little detail on on the vinyl so that oh. when it's dry, it's waterproof, uh, you know, so it can be washed um, when the glass has been used for, you know, a drink or whatever. So, mm. um, you know, it's quite a process that is. But I'm not doing so much of those nowadays because, um, again, sales have dropped off for that. Um, mm. it, but it's all down to it's all down to the COVID problem, I'm afraid. Um, you know, yeah, we've, we've not got a market for anything at the moment. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty much everybody I have on here, and um, yeah, I think most of the people listening will agree. It's it's just. You know, it's completely buggered us. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm a performer by training, and uh, live performance is totally out of the window yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, it really yeah. has uh, um, put a damper on everything. Well, but um, yeah, I think I think it's really cool that you've uh, you know you've sort of expanded into all of these different techniques and different avenues, and you know, and you're still finding ways to um, to pay the bills by you know creating the you know the artwork that you love you yeah. know um yeah. it's really yeah it's uh really well, admirable that you managed to do that i have um, so many ideas you know all yeah. the time i have a, a little plaque that a lady who was an artist gave me and it's on on the wall she she did it she uh hand painted it and it says yeah. uh, creative people don't have a mess they have ideas lying everywhere and that's true you know some days this <laughs> studio is just upside down because I'm, I'm naturally a very tidy person and methodical with everything. But sometimes mm. I come in here and I think, cracky, where do I start? You know, but mm. um, I mean, you know, you, it's like I've always said, you can't make an omelette without cracking an egg. So, you know, you've got to make mess. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and eventually, eventually I do have a, a nice tidy up and deep clean and, you know, start something else but um the, yeah. the new the new project at the moment is um uh, i'm doing a little bit touching on a little bit on jewelry oh yeah i'm using uh sort of blanks that you can buy you know for things like pendants and things like that it's um okay and it's just an idea that's sort of um come out of, of doing the canvas work the artwork on canvas uh, it's using a different um, paint painting medium, um, mm. uh, and the special speciality paints, um, which are made by a company called Pabeo, and they're a French company. Um, I use some of their paints, but not all their paints. Um, mm. Doing the abstracts, uh, but um, these particular paints are oil based, and um, you you just basically use use them out of the bottle the tiny little bottles you buy mm. but um the paint goes such a long way you don't yeah. need to use a lot uh, and okay. basically you you just put the, the paint where you think you want it to go and what it does is it as it dries it, it forms like um 
uh, like a hammered finish. Some some they've got there's different um, uh, different uh, types of paint for different effects. Um, mm. And at the moment, I'm using one when it where it when it's um, it actually blooms. It, it it's if if you like, it's a little bit like the cells that are formed on on the acrylics. Um, but mm. it works okay. it works on anything. You can work it. You can use it on wood, plastic, metal, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and and is is most of the jewelry that you're getting in these these blanks? I'm guessing they're some kind of metal, right? Yes, yeah, they like a, they, they like silver coloured. I suppose they like an alloy. You know, they're nothing yeah. special, but I mean, you can you can use them on almost any any surface. Um, I've got some uh, wooden um, shapes that I first started using when I did coasters because I did coasters for Christmas. Mm. Using the same technique as I do on on the canvases, and that is uh, an acrylic pour. Um, but unfortunately, um, even though I sealed them first with a, like an MDF sealant that you can buy, um, they warped with the just sheer the sheer amount of um, fluid, really, that was on you know f- from the paint because they were so wet. Obviously, when they're done. So they walked, unfortunately. So I, um, I then thought, right, well, I'm still wanting to do this sort of thing. So I, I started buying MDF blanks, which are fantastic because they're they're more stable uh, material. Um, having yeah. worked with MDF before, I know that you know you can do almost anything with MDF. Um, so I've used used that, uh, mm. and I've, I've made quite a few. Um, sets of coasters either sixes or or fours you know depending on what you want um and then my next sort of project that i've got in between doing other canvases is uh, i'm going to start doing um coasters on ceramic tile so oh okay yeah and with that that they'll be with like a resin coating whereas the coasters i've done up to now on mdf they've had um uh, a lacquer uh, applied which is a uh, heat resistant lacquer um, yeah. I test all this stuff out. I mean it's like I was saying before it's an expensive thing to do really because you buy yeah. materials in you buy products in that you think are going to be for what you want but they, they end up you know not really performing the way that you want them to either yeah. especially with lacquers they can be uh, either too dull not shiny enough, or the, in this case, they, were, they weren't heat resistant. So, ah, so you're, you're melting your coaster every time you put your well, your well, hot cup on there. Yes, making a mark, the, the cup would make a mark because obviously it's not heat oh. resistant. So, uh, I had to go to another company and try their lacquer, yeah. and it was very expensive, but it does does the trick, you know. So, um, it can be like an so, expensive mistake you know, to make with yeah. certain products, but, you know, it's a trial and error, really. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious how you, how you kind of got into all this, because you've said you've been, you know, you've been painting and, and taking pictures, you know, for a long, 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 long time, if not your whole life. Um, yeah. But like the, I don't know, the, the impression I get talking to you is it's, it's not so much a, you know, a single technique that you're, 
you know, you've just done that whole time. It just seems like you've got such a, a, a an extensive knowledge of, of different materials, um, you know, di- different uh, paints, varnishes, finishes, all of these different things. And you just sort of, um, you know, can can sort of experiment off the back of that yeah. that knowledge and that experience. Yeah. Like just yeah, just just sort of tell me a bit about where all that comes from. Like what's what's your artistic journey to to put it in a <laughs> not not at all pretentious sounding way. Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult to say really, but other than all I can tell you is sort of my uh, my sort of experience from when I could first remember, first remember um, painting and drawing when I was at school, obviously, and at home. I mean, my dad was um, a, a gifted, self-taught artist. He, he um, used to um, do beautiful paintings in oils. He preferred oils to acrylics. Um, and dad was a, a, a traditional artist. I mean, I'm, I'm a traditional artist. I mean, I, I can paint, you know, scenery and... I'm I'm not so good on portraiture, but um, uh, you know I can do a nice uh, scene if you like, you know, um, yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, and I do from time to time pick up a brush and actually paint the traditional way. Um, I prefer when I'm painting uh, with a brush. Uh, I prefer to use oil uh, watercolors. I like watercolors very much. Um, okay. And I, I've used charcoal, you know, pencil drawings, um, crayons, uh, pastels, everything you can think of. Um, if if it was, you know, if I've got a piece of paper and uh, something to draw or make a mark with, then I, I've always been doing that. You know, when I was a kid, I used to cut things out and make things with, with them, or, or always doing something like that. And my grandchildren yeah. have actually taken it whether whether it's sort of born in, into you i think it is really because you've you've got to have uh, a passion for it you've got to want to do it it's mm. got to be there in your mind all the time and, and that's basically i think where i get it from um i mean my dad was very skilled with wood so um i picked that up off him i mean i'm pretty good DIY, you know, I can sort of turn my hand to most things. The only thing I don't yeah. touch is electrics or water. I'm, I'm afraid to leave mm. that to the experts, but you know, anything, yeah. you know, where I can actually make a make something out of, like a block of wood, if you like, I I, I, I try and do it, you know. Um, so it's, I I just think it's you you can't make a, a you know somebody draw something and just give them a pencil and a piece of paper they've they've got to they've got to have that mm. inner passion for it really you know to want to want to do it and, and to have the ability to do it as well i mean it's yeah. like anybody you know a, a musician you know yeah uh, or a singer they've, they've got to have it in them you know you can't i don't think you can teach it i don't, I don't think i mean nobody nobody actually taught me although we had art art lessons in school but nobody really Mm. taught me because i always you know i was listening to the teacher and i just you know explaining what you do and i just wanted to do it not being big-headed but i'm thinking yeah i I don't need to tell you know i I just know how to do 
it's like when we did pottery as well. I love I love pottery at school, um, mm. but because I was more academic, um, when when we'd done it for the first two years at school, they, they wouldn't let me do it anymore. But I did actually keep doing art, um, but uh, pottery was something that I would have liked to have uh, explored more, you know, but never had the mm. chance to. But, uh, yeah, is there know. room in your uh, in your current studio for a potter's wheel? Do you think? No, <laughs> no, it's no? Far, oh. far too messy. That is for somewhere like this. Ah. If I eventually get somewhere like a, a you know big art building, a, a disused garage or something like that, then yeah, I might I might have a potter's wheel in the corner where I can splash a bit of clay about and make a mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, always good fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there is something in what you've said though, isn't there? Because um, you know, you can you can teach technique, I think, yeah. and and to an extent I think you can kind of you know, you, you can teach the eye for it to an extent, you know, in terms of, of sort of understanding how how colours look together and, and and how shape and, and composition works. I think to an extent yeah. you can teach that. Technique yeah. in terms of actual, you know, painting or, or camera technique, whatever it is, you can definitely teach that. But yeah. if if the person doesn't have that kind of that inner desire to, you know, to create something, mm. then uh you know, they can't they can't really do much with it. Yeah. And I think that is I think that is something potentially, yeah, kind of innate to people. I mean, um, I, like it's a, it's a it's a weird comparison. I always think about when um, uh, David Beckham, I think, was asked um, how he knew he wanted to be a footballer, and he just said, when he was a toddler, his dad put a ball in front of him, and the first thing he did was kick it. Yeah. And it's yeah. that kind of like you know, at some point, someone puts a piece of paper in front of you, and the first thing is you draw on it or mm. you write on it or you, you scrunch it up and make something with it. And, yeah. you know, every everybody has different kind of callings and passions, don't they? And, yeah, uh, yeah I think it's really cool that you've uh, you've managed to follow yours and and found so many different ways of of expressing that and, and also different ways of, of paying the bills with it as well because that's always the hard part, isn't it? Well, it is, and I mean, it's 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 a continuous struggle, which I'm sure a lot of, like you say, your listeners that are probably in the same position as me with their own businesses, you know, I mean, you, you've got passion for what you want to do, and you know that you're good at it. I mean, people do say I'm good at it, and I, I sort of say, yeah, okay, I'm 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 okay at it, and I, I, but at the end of the day, I do know that I am a perfectionist with a lot of things that I do. I mean. You know, the videos I've done in the past um, and I hope to continue doing in the future uh, as well as all this, um, you know, I've I've taken such a lot of time and effort. I mean, you come across all the the other people in in the same field, don't you? And, you know, they they sort of say, right, okay, well, we'll we'll be there at your wedding and that's it. So they take the booking fee and that's the last... That they see the wedding couple see of, of the photographer ah. or the videographer, uh, and and they're there. They they arrive on the wedding day and they think, well, is he coming? You know, is he going to be there, the photographer, or or isn't he? When I mean, mm. when I do it, I I I go and see the couple initially. Uh, we we discuss everything that you know 
they they've got all the information yeah. so they give me all the information we do the deal and then um i constantly keep about every month because sometimes it can be six 12 months before they get married mm. so every month i just ring and say you're doing all right you know i'm just i'm still here uh, i'm gonna yeah. come and see you and i usually see uh, a couple at least twice from the initial booking um yeah so when they get married and i usually ring them a couple of days before they get married as well just say we're still here we're okay we've you know we've, we've not gone we've not eloped with with your booking fee with your money um and we're still coming to do you the wedding uh and and it gives me as well an idea because sometimes wedding plans can change you know uh within a couple of days and and if there's something i i need to know about so i don't miss it on on the film or on the on the pictures uh i i know about it so it it helps um you know for me to make make a better job and i've always yeah. been the same with everything i do i mean i do put my heart and soul into it because i mm. i wouldn't accept anything less you know um, yeah the 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 work I do, uh, I'm quite proud of it, really. Although you shouldn't be proud of what you do, but you know, it's. Um, it, well, it's, I, I, from what I've seen of your work, I think you've got a lot of reason to be proud of what you do, and uh, yeah, cool. and I think you know, uh, you, the, the, just the way you're talking about the the wedding videos and stuff, like you know, in I think if you're doing anything for weddings, quality of of care you know, taking care of your client is so important yeah. because it, it's such yeah. a a stressful thing. You know, the the couple and the people around them always have a million and one things to worry about. And and just having that that reassurance that, yes, you're still here, you're still listening to what they want, you're, yeah. you know, you are really working with them, I think is, uh, is yeah, is really cool. So I think, yeah, I think you've got plenty to be proud of, Tim. Um, okay. And we, we are, yeah. Sorry, we are coming up to time now. Um, so it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, just want to ask if there's um, if there's anything you'd like to leave us with. Um, maybe um, you know, uh, suggest where our audience can uh, can go and view your work, or maybe even buy some of your work um, if they're interested. Or yeah, um, yeah. A, a closing thoughts for us. Yeah. Well, um, here <laughs> usually seven days a week, but obviously at the moment although the door is open for things like parcels and posts because there's, there's a couple of other businesses in the building. Mm. Um, but um, my artwork is on Facebook Yep. Uh, under TC Creative Art Studios. I've got a website which is bang up to date and that is um, TCF Studios 1 2. So that's like Studios 12. It's Studios 1 and 2. But uh, anyway, mm. it's TFC Studios 1 2.co.uk. Um, obviously, uh, I'm here at 28A Hardwick Street. Um, I've also, obviously, my all my contact details are on my website and also on Facebook as well. Um, you know, uh, so that's basically it. I mean, at the moment, I can't show my work other than, you know, it's here in the mm. studios. Um, I mean, my photographic studio is host at the moment to um, the paintings um, because, you know, I can't, I can't 
take them anywhere to, to display them or yeah. exhibit them. I would like to. I've got a friend of mine who's a, a very talented um, artist um, who's in Buxton, Carol Knight. Um, mm. And I would like to get in collaboration with her sometime when these restrictions are lifted and we may have a, an exhibition, you know, between us. Um, so hopefully, you know, we've got something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to an exhibition. And uh, yeah, all, all the uh, links to everywhere you've just mentioned we'll put in the description. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think uh, I think that's where we'll end it. So yeah, thanks very much. It's, it has been great talking to you. And uh, yeah, I'll see you again soon, I'm sure. Well, thank you, Milo. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thanks. Me too. All right. Bye-bye then. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Art Show by Teapot Cast, hosted by Milo H.G. Waters. Next week, I'll be talking to Tom Taylor about analogue photography. But until then, take it easy and take care.